0: How do you quantify the value of a microgrid, which in some cases can be thought of like an insurance policy? You're buying insurance that your facility doesn't go down or have an outage, and what how much, how much is an outage really worth, and how do you value that?
1: Welcome to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast featuring conversations with leaders of the energy transition, hosted by Smart Energy Decisions founder, John Fiella. In each episode of Smart Energy Voices, John digs deep with industry movers and shakers to reveal insights you can learn from in their stories, personalities, and visions for the future. All right, let's dive in.
2: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Smart Energy Voices. I'm John Fiella. If you've been enjoying Season 1 of Smart Energy Voices and haven't already done so, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so you don't miss any of our upcoming conversations and tell your peers about the podcast. At our recent Distributed Energy Sourcing Forum, I sat down with Matthew Walters, Head of Distributed Energy Systems at Siemens, to discuss the dramatic impact that COVID has had on the deployment of distributed energy resources. Let's dive right in. Well, Matt, let's jump right into it. Why don't you start by telling us a little about yourself and your current role at Siemens? Great, thanks, John. I appreciate the opportunity
0: to be here to talk to everyone about this very important and timely topic. So at Siemens, I work in our energy performance and services business. We're a holistic, pure play energy services company within Siemens, and I head up our distributed energy business as part of that unit. And so all of the finance solutions and energy as a service offerings that Siemens provides when it comes to distributed energy and DER are my responsibility.
2: Okay, great. Well, you're obviously well equipped and prepared to discuss this topic Let's start by addressing some industry research we did recently jointly with Bloomberg NEF. And we did some research, Matthew, to assess the impact that COVID has had on customer energy and sustainability plans. And one of the key findings was that energy budgets have been severely impacted to the negative, access to the C suite was severely impacted to the negative. But in looking out over the next six to nine months, there was a sense that access to the C-suite would improve, but the pressure on budgets would continue. There's no telling when budgets are going to free up again. What's your take based on your experience with customers? How do you see customers reacting to the current environment?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great question. And today we're seeing customers that are now more than ever they're focused on their core business and just in dealing with making the changes that they need to make to just to be able to operate their businesses effectively and so when we're talk when we're looking at the distributed energy sector we're really looking at a lot of behind the meter projects where energy is not the core business of the the customer groups and so as they're looking for ways to navigate it's changing environment, energy can fall and be deprioritized, as you're seeing in the budgeting process. That's going to require that that this industry push forward with more innovative solutions, specifically when it comes to financing and energy as a service topics that are going to really drive and improve the critical infrastructure of the, that we need to see today. I mean, you look at functions like resiliency and sustainability, even if budgets have gone down, the pressure to become more sustainable and to become more resilient has increased. And so I would say that the demand is still very strong. The budget situation and the economic environment that we're in is very challenging. And so that's really where innovation has to happen, is to is to continue to meet the needs in a very dynamic environment.
2: Yeah. So you really hit the nail on the head, Matthew. Pressure to fulfill commitments remains high investor pressure remains high project goals remain in place but the financings no longer available what what do you think customers should be looking at and exploring in the interest of managing this dilemma
0: there's not a silver bullet answer here when it comes to what customers need to be doing because every customer situation is going to be different and so from our perspective you really have to take a holistic approach to solving the specific energy equation for your business, right? I mean, energy is an important cost driver. It's an important resiliency aspect in terms of being a critical resource that businesses need to function. And so taking a holistic approach to looking at both, what can you do to manage your consumption of energy? What can you do to manage your production of on-site energy? What can you do to manage procurement of energy? And then how do you put that in a program that can continue to monitor through data-driven services or what have you, continue to monitor that and to improve that year over year so that you can continue to stay on top of that is an important programmatic and holistic approach that I think is going to be important for customers to stay focused on. So first, you need a strategy. You got to know where you're going and you got to know all the different tools that you have in order to manage your energy bottom line if you will and and that's really where where I would say you need to just we need to keep focused as a as an industry and as a partnership with our customers to make sure that they're focused on on all of the tools in their toolbox to get the job done.
2: Okay. Well, I like this idea of a holistic approach. Can you expand on that in a little more detail? What are the key elements in a holistic approach and what do they involve? As I
0: mentioned, you have to have an idea of where you want to go, where you want to get to. And so that's part of the goals that you set, whether it's sustainability, cost reductions, et cetera, right? But the first thing is you got to have a plan, right? And so it's important that you know as you're preparing a strategic five year energy plan which a lot of corporate customers have, it's, it's critical that 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 is in place and you you know as an organization where you want to go. Then you need to really have an all of the above approach to how you're going to get there, because there are going to be a lot of different, you know, as I mentioned, tools in the toolbox that are going to allow you to really put together a programmatic approach to maintain a sustainable energy procurement strategy. So when I say an all of the above approach, again, it's it's what can you do to reduce your energy consumption? That's really the first step, right, is how do I reduce my energy spend more effectively before I start looking at generating power on-site or looking at, at procuring power in more innovative ways. And then you kind of step through those different aspects of producing on-site generation, energy procurement, and, and having the resources there to manage that on an ongoing basis. That's really what I think that we need. And, and that would be the, the elements that I would promote is, is really having a really full fulsome programmatic approach for an organization's
2: energy strategy. Okay, so it sounds like whereas the traditional energy management structure at larger companies is to have demand-side group or team or individual and then a supply-side group, this holistic approach is suggesting that you really consider everything concurrently. Are there particular types of customers that this approach is more appropriate for? Is it Do you look at it based on size, based on industry, based on commercial versus industrial? The way that that I think of it is energy
0: has to be a a large enough item in the budget so that it matters, so that it really drives some form of decision. And so where we look and where we kind of target the need is based on kind of those mid to large commercial and industrial customers that have energy budgets that are material, But they're not so large, such a material portion of the budget that they already have an energy team and energy division in place, right? Because those industries have been are have the the justification to have a full team. Now there are a lot of mid-tier customer groups out there that cannot afford, especially in this era with the pandemic, they just cannot afford to have a dedicated team that's focused on managing all of the aspects of a energy strategy. And so we look to serve those customers that kind of meet that profile where energy, their energy spend is large enough to matter. It's large enough to make an impact on the bottom line, but it's not so large that they have a dedicated team and that they have they have the ability to do a lot of, of these items at house. And I think that's going to be an, an extremely large portion of the economy.
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting Matthew. We're hearing about some companies where to my way of thinking energy teams have been lean to begin with. There are lots mm-hmm. of large companies that you'd be surprised to see don't have a team. It's one or two people. And in some instances, teams are being reduced in this environment. So it's interesting to think of it in that context and that is companies that really have the need where they can benefit from a partner that can bring this holistic approach to to managing the, their energy. In the interest of making this real, is there a particular customer or a particular case that you know you could talk to us about where this approach is is either in deployment or has been deployed? Sure. I guess I would point to a project that we're currently
0: constructing at the uh, the Javits Convention Center in downtown Manhattan. It's going to be the largest renewable energy project in Manhattan to date. The Javits Center started as a, C- a traditional Siemens customer where we went in with our relationships there around our automation and control portfolio to really optimize how they use energy, right? And then looking at what they wanted to do around their sustainability goals, and their energy goals is we crafted a program to include a microgrid, a solar and battery storage hybrid system that will encompass and cover the entire portion of the Javits Center. And the energy storage will participate in the market with NIPA. It will the the solar canopies that we're constructing are first of, the, first of its kind ever to be built and designed to really meet the needs of the landscape of downtown New York. This was an example where we've really been able to look at a customer that had a sustainability goal and needed to get there, needed a path to get there. And we have been able to come up with some innovative approaches to not only help them design and conceptualize it, but then help them finance it as well. This will be financed through a power purchase agreement. And with the ability to use the energy assets there to support the grid and support the grid edge, which is really a key part of the, the Siemens strategy. But I think this, to me, is a good example of where you're seeing some of these, these types of solutions and how they can be deployed. And a lot of it is under the, the leadership around becoming more sustainable and more energy independent.
2: Interesting. So sustainability goals were a driver, but the scope of the overall program includes controls for kind of demand side management, solar deployment for greening the supply, and then the microgrid for resiliency. So you've got that trifecta of reducing demand, greening supply, and improving resiliency, which I guess is nirvana for most energy managers today.
0: Well, yeah, it's really, as I said, to take a holistic approach to how you manage the the energy equation for these customers and and being able to provide the services that are that are required to, to really put together a fulsome energy strategy. And so that's really where I see a lot of the market and the customers, what what they're bringing to the table. And they need solutions right now. They need solutions on the energy side. And those solutions are going to move into the, the COVID-19 pandemic preparation side to help people get back into facilities. And so all of that is going to be tied in. It's all going to be connected. It's going to be tied in with the, with the buildings. It's going to be tied in with the grid edge and how we address those through comprehensive solutions, again, to upgrade critical infrastructure for our cities, for our communities, for our companies is going to be an important part of what we can bring as the industry.
2: So you're going to be meeting with customers all week here at our event. What's your sense, Matthew, for the best course of action that customers should explore? Should they Want to get the best possible outcome from from this concept of a holistic approach?
0: We use a phased approach. We want to look at this in phases and take an approach that takes it step by step in terms of what are the what are the items that we need to do first, second, and third sequentially, so that we are getting the best outcomes for our customers. So, what what is the low hanging fruit? potentially today that we can work on with them. And then you start including energy supply strategies and on-site investments to complement that as really a part of a phased approach. And so once those opportunities are identified, it really takes a consultative mindset to help to work with the customers, to to meet the budgets, to plan timelines, which are going to potentially be challenging, and then bring in the financial piece of this Which we haven't touched on enough here, which is, you know, the fact that revenues are down in a lot of sectors, credit ratings are being stressed in a lot of areas. And that's going to require that not just the solutions providers like Siemens, but the financial community comes together and bring forth solutions that are going to address this changing environment so that you can really take a holistic approach to crafting a program which is not only going to meet the technical requirements, but also the financial needs of the customer and where they're trying to go both financially and operationally over the long term. And we we really see this as as a long-term partnership and has to be an ongoing program so that it is managed year over year and something that is then put into an approach that can be optimized.
2: Well, that all makes sense. And, and reflecting back on the Javits example, you mentioned demand side management, you mentioned greening the supply, you mentioned resiliency. What about the supply side? Is In addition to focusing on the things you're focusing on at Javits, is there a way to tie traditional supply into that?
0: Yeah, so traditional grid supply is a key aspect of every project. And very few projects are ever pulled off of the grid. And so the, it's it requires a partnership with the utility. In this case NYPA, which we have a very strong partnership with. But in, in every case, I would say that the utility and the grid plays a critical role in how that how it comes together. It's all part of the procurement strategy. So whether the procurement comes from offsite renewables or procuring from the market at the best price and the best terms and conditions, et cetera, you know, that that has to be a key part of the overall strategy, which is really what I mean with, when I talk about energy procurement. So looking at all the different ways that you, you buy energy and the sources that you want to procure energy for, because it's always going to be a, a big piece of the pie in terms of the energy spend.
2: Sure. You talked about the resiliency piece related to the Javits project, and we're seeing resiliency increasingly coming up as a priority for customers. You talked about a microgrid deployed at Javits. Could you maybe talk a little more about microgrids and how you see those fitting into this holistic approach and the overall equation? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Microgrids are, are one of our key areas of expertise, and we are deploying microgrids under a variety of different you know, business models. I think that you know one of the areas where We've been seeing a lot of innovation is how microgrids are being financed, but specifically how they are being, the value of the microgrids are being quantified. And so we're seeing several different models on how do you quantify the value of a microgrid, which in some cases can be thought of like an insurance policy. You're buying insurance that your facility doesn't go down or have an outage. And what how much, how much is an outage really worth? And how do you value that? How do you value that resiliency? Looking at that in the current climate that we're in, the current environment where I think our vulnerabilities, especially when it comes to to the grid and energy supply, I think the industry is taking a hard look at how valuable it is to have reliability when it comes to energy supply to our critical infrastructure, especially I think microgrids are going to continue to become more and more a bigger part of the equation the financing of those will be an important aspect of how they actually get built and, and what it's the funding structure. But importantly, I think regulation plays a huge role in how the market for this is shaped and how it's prioritized. And so as our friends and colleagues that are experiencing on the, the West Coast right now with wildfires, et cetera, these types of environmental issues and or you know reliability issues that we may have it, it's going to create I think a creative purpose when I with regulation and working together to find out how we improve our infrastructure in a way that that we can put financial instruments around and I, and I think that's again another area for innovation.
2: yeah for my way of thinking, it's innovations around this financing piece and the business model with deploying DERs is really the big opportunity. you've know, you got this tremendous pressure on CapEx budgets and operating budgets. Talk to us a little more about the ways you see customers being able to explore creative off-balance sheet financing programs.
0: Sure. We as Siemens, as, as many in the industry, offer energy as a service offerings. And so what I think is important here, it's not about what we can offer or what others can offer in the market. I see it as what is the right financial offering that serves the the customer need. And whether it's off-balance sheet solutions or creative on-balance sheet financing solutions, it's important, I think, not to be, as they say, pigeonholed into into an approach that may, once it gets to the financial department, may not be supported. And so these financial structures, they take support across the C-suite, And it's going to require that level of buy-in and and a partnership with your energy solution provider that that can be with you every step of the way to to help navigate and help understand, you know, get you the information you need to get there. We as, as Siemens, you know, we look, we take this. This very seriously when it comes to you know the financial partnerships and offerings that we provide, and so it's important that it's being evaluated really with the customer in mind, and and now with the changing environment and, and matching those two things together in terms of where the economy is headed, what the uh, challenges that are that we're seeing with with the different economic drivers, with the pandemic, you know, and what that is the impact it's having on the financial community. Being able to navigate through that is what we're going to have to do.
2: Okay, well, that makes sense. And that's a really nice place to kind of wrap things up. Mm -hmm. So Matthew, I'd like to thank you for being with us today. I I think this topic of the impact that COVID-19 is going to have on deployment of DERs is an important one, like this idea of a holistic approach to energy management. And obviously layering in these energy as a service models are something that's going to help dramatically. Yeah, thanks, John. Appreciate it. Thanks, Matthew, for sharing your thoughts and what Siemens is doing on this important industry issue. And thank you, our community of listeners, for listening to this podcast and being a part of the Smart Energy Decisions community. If you enjoyed the episode, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and tell your colleagues and peers about it. To learn about how you can become a part of the upcoming Renewable Energy Sourcing Forum taking place December 7th through the 11th, visit the links in the show notes. We're honored to have the opportunity to share these conversations with leaders of the energy transition in this podcast, on our website, and at our events, all in the interest of helping you make smart energy decisions.
1: Thanks for listening to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast. Digest the insights from today's episode and take action on the ideas that have inspired you. Join us every Friday for conversations with smart energy leaders. We also invite you to check out another SED podcast, Beyond the Meter. Each episode of Beyond the Meter features innovative energy projects and initiatives by large electric power users. To keep up to date with trends and happenings in the energy transition, visit smartenergydecisions.com to register for our daily newsletter and become part of the Smart Energy Decisions community.